Hey gang, it's a South by Southwest countdown. Hey gang, I'm leaving to go there tomorrow. We'll talk about that later. I got great stuff for you today. I have a great story. It's a crazy story. It's real good. And it's coming up in a bit. Let's see what's coming in though for our kitchen countdown at number five. Yeah, that's the notorious B.I.G. It was just the anniversary of his passing. Um, he got shot over there by the uh, Automotive Museum, Wilshire and Fairfax. Just a couple blocks away from the Molly Malones, where Kulap, Stefani, Vilaisak, and myself did a live Who Charted. And that's what we're going to be doing down in Austin this weekend. But I will get to that in a moment. First, let's discuss this past weekend. It was a weekend of upsets. I traveled to my friend's house in Glendale. It overlooks the Glendale Mountain Ridge, whatever that is over there. Anyway, he's got a nice house, and he's got a massive, giant screen TV. It's not even a TV. It's a screen that descends from the ceiling. And I don't know dimensions very well, but this thing is massive. And he got the UFC pay-per-view on it. No Russian streams, because I'm infected with malware. From that, deceptive sites. I'm off the Russian streams. Now, I head over to Glendale. We're going to watch it on this. I should have took a picture. I mean, it's way taller than a human and wide, as wide as a whale. As wide as a whale. And white as a whale. If a whale was white. A beluga. Boy, sorry I put you through that. Anyway, we went there and there was a lot of upsets. Uh, Conor McGregor lost, and before that, Holly Holm lost. Misha Tate beat Holly Holm, which I didn't even remember till like Tuesday, because I was so stunned from Conor losing. You know, but they asked Conor, why'd you lose? And she said, Nate, he took the bunches. That's a, the worst Conor McGregor I've ever done. I've actually nailed it for people. I was nailing it that night. I guess the fight got taken out of me with that. Anyway, he'll be back. It's one of those things. But he seems to be handling it very well. And um, they'll learn from it and grow and move on. And um, anyway, we had a good time over there. Camaraderie. And um, I've heard other accounts of people watching those fights. And they said, yeah, it was like insane excitement, insane surprises. Everybody engaged in it, yelling at the screen. So much more than the Super Bowl, which most people don't watch, and just people really getting into it. I had a good time over there. And then um, Sunday rolled along, and the Lakers beat the Spurs. I mean, the Lakers beat the Warriors, like a, t t t like a team that's like 50 and 10 lost to a team that's like 12 and 50. A lot of upsets, and this leads me to my point 
which has taken me a long damn time to get to. I apologize. Um, I did a set at the satellite at Drennan Davis's show. Check out Drennan Davis's stuff. It's real funny. He does musical stuff. He does it alone. He does it with others. He does it with Karen Kilgareth. DJ Real. Anyway, check them out. I did a set over there. And, um, you know, I felt it was fun. But it was like, it wasn't a massive crowd. So it just kind of went along with the whole weekend. Hear that motorcycle? Buzzing uh, by like that? That's how loud they are. You can hear them up here in the crow's nest. Motorcycle noise is acceptable in only two places, gang. Grand Theft Auto and the song Electric Avenue. Okay? That's the only time I want to hear motorcycle noise. We gonna rock down to Electric Avenue. And then we'll take it higher. Wherever it pops in there. I'm down with that. All right, here we go. Coming in at number four... Gotta howl at the moon when I hear those notes. That kid post Malone shit out a classic, and it's not wearing off on me. I feel like that song's gonna be around for the duration. All right, so now I can talk about uh, Lopez. Working on the show Lopez, and it's shooting, and we went to a couple tapings this week. Who's we? Well, me and my former writing partner, Chip, who also writes on the show. Um, and he's in it, he plays a tour guide. He's got some, some like, recurring parts. And I'm in it, playing myself, doing stand-up. And, um, okay, so anyway, um, the first day of, sh of shooting that we went to, I mean, they're almost done shooting the whole series, and we've been to other ones, but the first one I went to this week was in the valley. We were in an office, a real estate office, no, first we were at a cafe. That's right, with Kathy Griffin. George and Kathy Griffin did a scene. Kathy Griffin came in. Serious pro. Knew exactly what to do. Uh, no stranger to the videos. Then, yeah, then we went to a real estate office, had some lunch. Then the next day, we were at the Laugh Factory all day. And um, that's crazy. I've never been in the Laugh Factory in the daytime. You get to really look at all the weird knickknacks they got in there. Like if you th if you think I got a lot of toys and crap, which I do, but I gotta say most of it's like stored away, or you've got to open a door or a cabinet to see it. The Laugh Factory, they got all these like comedy tchotchkes. You know, it's like a chess set. That's all these like old time vaudeville comedians. And then, like, three Stooges action figures. And, like, a Lucille Ball Vegemita Vegemix little setup with action figures. I don't know. 
It's like, if I'm lame to keep him at home and keep him stored away, uh, he's very lame over there. I mean, it's a comedy club. We get that you do comedy there. It's not like, who even looks in those? I mean, I think only in the daytime during a shoot would you even have time. Nah, maybe it's like an old restaurant. That's their crap. But it's not like, it's not like historical laugh factory stuff in there. I could see if you had more like that. Just like pictures from the club and the eras of the club. But you just have this like, hey, you're at a comedy club, so here's Laurel and Hardy drawer, uh, not even a drawing, a, uh, you know, dolls and stuff. But anyway, it was good to hang out in there. There's a lot of love seats and stuff upstairs. You sit in them. And, uh, you know, at some point you reflect on the sets you've had in there. I've had good ones and I've had not good ones. I haven't played that club too much. But um, it's an odd setup for me. It's like certain places you just immediately feel good in them for some reason and you might have a better set because of it. That place is odd to me. I don't know. And then also there's a deli next door. So if you're up on stage doing stand-up, you got your back to the deli next door. And that deli doesn't serve french fries. What? Can you imagine? A deli with no french fries. I defy you to name another one. Maybe there's one in your town. I doubt it. But that's what's going on over there. It's Greenblatt's, it's called. They got an amazing price on Stoli. If you want to buy a big jug of Stoli, it's like a wholesale price. They get you in there for the booze purchases. And then they got the hot food, too. It's like a liquor store deli with no french fries. Look, we're not going to have fries. But we'll make it up to you. Liquor store. No, no, no. I'd rather have fries. Okay, um, yeah, let's do it. Coming in at number three. Yeah, I wasn't into that one. I don't know. I should have picked a different station. I can't comment on that one. Not interested. If you like it, Shazam it or something. Hey, but, okay, let's get into a story now. This is pretty nuts. Pretty crazy story. And it's about the car from Austin Stories. That old TV show I did on MTV. There was a car that I drove in it. It was a 1964 Nash Rambler. And it was aqua green. So, um, yeah, I drove it. It's like featured prominently in the show. If you want, head over to howardkramer.com. Pick up an Austin Stories DVD. Um, so anyway, that was the car. And it, it was like a comedy car. And what I mean by that is it was owned by other comedians first. Like... Um, uh, Johnny Hardwick, who plays uh, Dale Gribble, the conspiracy guy in King of the Hill, the voice. It was his car. 
and he called it Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Anyway, so um, he had it. That's it. that's when I first uh, saw it. Then he sold it to my friend J.R. Brow, another hilarious comedian. He's a great stand-up. Check him out. Go to his website. Go to his gigs. He's hilarious. Anyway, he bought the car, and then he sold it to me. Then we did Austin Stories, and it was the car and Austin Stories. So it's been around for a while. After Austin Stories, I moved to L.A. I leave the car there, and um, it just kind of bounces around to different people's places. Brendan Walsh had it before he moved to L.A. Stand-up comedian Brendan Walsh. Um, check him out. Just go to his gigs. He... Um, he was kept at his house for a while, and then I think around 2006 or 7, it went over to Matt Bearden's house, and you know him, he's a hilarious comic, he's on Dudley and Bob in Austin on the radio, and he does stand-up, and he played Quentin in Austin Stories. All these comedians are involved in this car. So at around 2008, it went over to his house, and it was sat there for a while out in the street. So... He calls me up in 2008, and he says, hey, the car got impounded. I go, really? He goes, yeah, it must have been sitting out there too long. Some guy towed it away in the, in the tow truck. So I happened to be going to Austin two days later because I was doing stand-up at Capital City Comedy Club. So I said, all right, well, I'll be there. Uh, coincidentally, in two days, I'll get it out of impound. So when I get down to Austin... I call up all the places, and they say, uh, we don't have it, we don't have it, we don't have it. If we have it, it's at this one place. Go there. So I drive over there, and they don't have it. And they never heard of it. So that's when they go, wow, was it stolen? Was this guy? It seems highly unlikely that this was a legitimate tow job. The impound lot doesn't have it, and they never heard of it. So either it got lost somehow, or it got stolen. So, I called the police to tell them the story. And they said, uh, I don't I think it followed a, a theft report. I don't know, I filled out some form on the hood of the cop's car sitting outside the hotel there. It was the hotel that they put you up. It's over there by like Citizen Watches or whatever. It's 183 and I-35 if you live over there. So... I'm at the hotel, I fill out the form, I don't remember what it was, but anyway, that was 2008. A lot of times passed, right? Obama's whole tenure as president, eight years has passed, and there's not been a word about the Rambler. And I'm going to leave it as a cliffhanger, because we got to get into what's coming in at number two. You looked at us, oh baby, you should go and love yourself. It's the Beebs. And if you think that I'm still holding on to something, you should go and love yourself. Look at Bieber, people, your Bieber tickets. Everyone's talking Bieber. I saw the pop star trailer, the Andy Samberg movie. Looks like he's playing Bieber in that one. You know, like a takeoff on Bieber. It looked funny. I laughed out loud. Funny trailer. Okay, back to the Rambler story. So, 2008, it goes missing or stolen. File a report. I wait to hear from the awesome uh, police. I don't hear anything. 
All this time goes by. And then guess what happens? This morning, I check my email. So I look at my email, and uh, it says something about a Nash Rambler. I click on it, and it's someone, and they say, hey, uh, it's from a woman, and she says, uh, hey, I just bought a Nash Rambler from a guy here in Austin, and uh, there was no title. It says that the, the last registered owner is you. Um, I was just wondering if you could help me get the title, if you have the title. Whoa! Eight years later, the Rambler popped up. Wow. So I started thinking, okay, what should I do? Uh, and I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. Where is that title? I haven't seen that title in years. But maybe I should try to find the title because I happen to be going to Austin tomorrow. It's crazy. That part of it's repeating. I'm ha uh, coincidentally, I'm going to Austin tomorrow. If I could find this title, that would be great. So I go, all right, here we go. I'm going to search through old papers to find this title. About three minutes into the search, I see a pile of papers and the title is sitting right on top of the pile. I mean, I wouldn't even probably look through that pile. So, boom, I have the title. Minutes later, and um, I don't know, I've weighed the different options. I think the move is to go down there and just tell the cops everything and let them deal with it. I don't want to, if I call her up and go, that car's stolen, who knows what she's going to react. Who knows what, who knows who she got it from. I, I don't know. I, I can't be doing all that over the phone. So, it's pretty crazy. I'm going to head down to Austin, and we're going to find out maybe what the heck happened. And maybe they'll give me the car back. And maybe it runs. You know what I mean? I have no idea what condition it's in. In eight years, maybe somebody spruced it up. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe this chick's going to be super pissed. She paid good money for it. Maybe it's a piece of junk. Maybe I'll give it to one of these guys. JR, who owned it before me, or Hardwick, who owned it before him. Maybe I'll cut a deal with her. I'll just go, hey, give me, a, give me, I don't know, here's the title, give me some money. I don't know what I'm going to do. But it's pretty crazy. I hope this wasn't super boring. I mean, it's not super comedic. But, um, you know what I mean? That car is in the comedy community. It's like a 50-year-old car. It's 50, the car's 52 years old. It's crazy that it even's around anymore. But it has comedic pedigree. Johnny Hardwick, J.R. Brow, Brendan Walsh, Matt Bearden, myself. It'd be nice to get it back and keep it in the Austin comedy community. Wouldn't that be a nice, heartwarming little story? Not every comedy community has a car as its mascot. You know, that thing was a piece of junk when I had it. It was, it was like a piece of wire holding the exhaust from falling out of the car. So sometimes if you went over a big bump, the big pipe would just fall out. No, it wasn't the exhaust. It was the, uh, what do you call it? The drive shaft. 
I don't know what was going on. I don't know cars, but that thing was a piece of junk. But it was cool as hell, and it was fun to have in the show. All right, here we go. Coming in at number one. Oh, it pains me to turn it off. That is hard to follow. How do you follow the beat from Big Pimpin'? I mean, if I was you, I'd pause this and go over to YouTube or iTunes or Spotify or Beats, whatever that one is. I'd listen to Big Pimpin', then come back for the final talkie here. Just kidding, gang. Do that later. Hey, um, coming down to Austin for South by Southwest. For South by Southwest. And um, we're going to have fun. We're doing live Who Charted at Esther's Follies. That's uh, 6 p.m. on Saturday. Come out to that. And um, also, I can announce some tour dates. Um, yeah, here we go, gang. I am coming, hopefully, to your town. On Thursday, 4-21. Thursday, April 21st, I will be in Bloomington, Indiana. I believe I'll be at the Comedy Attic. So come on out, Bloomington. Last time through, I did Indianapolis. This time through... They had said do Bloomington, so let's do Bloomington. On 4-22 April, I'll be in Chicago. I will be coming back to Chicago. Last time I did Shubas, this time I'm at the Lincoln Theater Lodge. Lincoln Lodge Theater? I don't know. Google it, guys. I don't have the exact venues. And then Saturday, 4-23, it will be my first performance ever in the state of Wisconsin, in Madison. Um, I'm not at the comedy on state. I think I'm somewhere else. I'm thinking about a rock club or a bar. But I can't wait. Madison has always been on my list of places to go. And I can't wait to. And then, guys, um, in May, I'm going to be in Asheville and Atlanta. I don't have those exact dates. I will get them to you. It's going to be my first time ever in Asheville. I'm very excited about that. And I'm coming back to Atlanta. Um, last time I was there, I did the punchline. This time I'll be at a bar. And I'm excited about that. And then in June, um, I think June 15th, I'll be in Boston. Same place at the Mideast Club. That was an awesome show. And then I will be... Oh, no, that's not the 15th. It'll be... I think it's the 17th. Anyway, I'll get you the exact date. In June, I'm coming to Boston, and in June, I'm coming to New York. Boston and New York, and I'm going to be at Bell House again in Brooklyn, which was also super fun. So, come out to those shows. I'm going to get you exact dates and stuff. And I'm um, sorry, Philly, we're not, I can't come through this time. as like a scheduling thing. But that was fun, too. But this time, it's just going to be Boston and New York on this one. So I'm super excited, guys. Go check them out. And that's going to be Bloomington, Chicago, and Madison in April. Asheville and Atlanta in May. And Boston and New York in June. And then we'll work on the other cities and the other places. And some of them will be the same and some of them will be different. I'm super excited about it. 
and I'm gonna tape them too. Maybe get maybe. Well, I'm gonna get an album out of it. We're gonna do an album, so it's gonna be a lot of fun. And um, thanks for listening. This has been more of a. I'm sorry, but you know I, my brain isn't in full comedic mode because it's been in impound strategy mode, rambler out of nowhere, taking up CPUs in my brain. Um, so that'll be fun. Hopefully, if you followed that story and you liked it, you're going to get an update when I get back from Austin. Okay, so we're going to go down and we're going to tape at Esther's. I'll say hello to you guys for coup. I'll say hello to coup for you guys. And that episode is going to be on next week on on Who Charted. There you go. So, that's it. Thank you so much. And we'll see you here. Love you next week on Who Hey Gang Charted. Hey Gang.